Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We're halfway through the Wednesday show. We're at the nexus of your week here. We're halfway through the halfway through the week show. I love to say that on Wednesday. If you know, uh, you know, because you listen to us, and we appreciate everybody who listens. Dividing the show up, man, you and your, you know, dirt watermelon. Yeah, so if you're just getting in the car, and maybe you are. uh, By the way, my... The PE teacher at my six-year-old son's school, I don't want to say too much here. He's like, man, I listen to you and Blaine every day. And I'm like, wait, isn't that during school? And he's like, yeah, have a great day, man. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know how he's that's, pulling that's that. Okay. That's pretty cool. That's a radio somewhere in the school. So what up? What up? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll leave him when, a name. When, you know, when they're doing their, their homework in class, he's got his headphones on. Well, he's the PE teacher, so he's probably drug a radio in the gym. A man's like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, the gym is mine. Oh, I play a radio cool. in here. That's awesome, man. All so, the kids uh, know us, too. So shout out to him. He goes... I kept thinking, there's a kid in the school who wears an Arkansas State hat every day. My son wears the same hat every day. Every day to school, he wears an Arkansas State hat. Does he like watermelon is all I need to know. No, he doesn't like it either. You are encouraging him not to eat watermelon. So we ended, literally, we dropped a bombshell on Middle Tennessee with the end of the first hour of the show because I admitted that I don't like watermelon. And we said it tastes like what? Wet dirt. And... We had the Zone TV chat was so full of com- comments of people saying, I hate peaches, I hate strawberries, and it crashed. It's just gone. So Lucas is in there working furiously with his thumbs to try yeah. to hammer something down. But yeah. there are other – because Blame is like, what fruit do the rest of you not like? Because I think people have strong opinions about fruit and vegetables, about what they yes. hate. And then my thing was, I answered the question from Rex Chapman on Twitter, what's your most controversial food take? And I said, watermelon tastes like wet dirt. <laughs> and I and I'm just getting I'm me. just getting dragged by people. Jedi yeah. Rangers agrees with you. He says watermelon is trash. Well, yeah. I got a tweet, and this this yeah, may you have summed read it up. one of them, man. One of them is just like me out of my chair, man. Justo on Twitter said, "I'm with you, Mickey. It tastes like garbage water." <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't comprehend it. I don't get it. Gary says this, and Gary, I see my army is uniting behind me. Uh-oh, you say something army. controversial like I hate watermelon, it tastes like wet dirt. You're going to you're going to be divisive. Like people are going to follow you to your car and yell at you. There are dozens of us. Yes, there are dozens. Here's what Gary said. It's okay, bro. He started with that just to reassure me, just to calm me down. It's okay, bro. See that I'm soothed. Oh, I thought that was a setup. Like no, it's, it's okay. T- bro. I did too. Like it's okay, bro. You're okay. stupid. Right. But it's like it's okay, bro. I've been in the South my whole life, and I never liked watermelon. It sounds like styrofoam when people eat it, <laughs> and flies land on it like it's poop. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> flies land. On, flies love it. Think about that. They also love poop. They do. And flies they love poop and watermelon. Does do flies fly around wet dirt too? Yeah, and what are they doing when they land on everything? Probably pooping. Oh, my. So all you poop eaters out there, just enjoy your fruit. It's a ridiculous argument. They land on every food. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, let's give you an update on the uh, Little League World Series. Uh, Tennessee, Nolesville is down 3-0 in the bottom of the third. And Florida is up to bat. You know, just to, to make sure, because Lucas and his... Uh, his crew uh, wanted to know an update. That's right. They have pitched out of trouble a couple times to keep it 3-0. It really could have gotten out of hand, uh, but it has not. By the way, a bunch of you, uh, Tower says watermelon is nasty on the Zone TV twa- uh, uh, chat. Blaine and Mickey, <laughs> Eric says, I don't know what's worse, watermelon or cucumbers. I hate cucumbers. Oh, you didn't put that on there? That, well, no. You I, don't I, like cucumbers? No, but there are other people that. 
that don't like cucumbers. But I mean, it's not my favorite by any means, but I, I can, you know, go for it. Maybe if it's in, like, my salad or if something. You, if we went right now somewhere and we got a salad and had cucumbers in it, I would go through and take every one of them out individually. Really? And normally I just mix all my food together and eat it, but just the, just the thought of eating a cucumber makes me sick. Insanity. Oh They're like you, dry. Wait, 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 wait. You, you sure these things on your taste buds wasn't because of the COVID? No, but I hate watermelon even more <laughs> since I had COVID. Because I tried it. You can ask my wife. We had some in the refrigerator. I got a bite of it. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. This is so much worse than it was. Oh. And it's it was already bad and dirtier. You. And it was already bad to me. It was already dirtier. Like, if you're like, hey, man, you got nothing to eat or you can eat all the watermelon you can, I'd be like, I'm going to fast for a while. I'm just going to intermittent <laughs> fast. Uh, I don't even know if there's a food out there at all that I could say. If I if this is all I got, to get, I don't like it. I'd I'd still would eat it. I'd find a way just to survive. I, if it was watermelon, I didn't love what. I mean, I would I would I didn't like it. I, I would eat it. I, I don't know. I mean, hey. if I if I had to survive, uh, Gary says it has a lot of water in it too. By the way, <laughs> it does. That's very true. I could cheat like the squirrel thirst trap, the squirrel who eats my tomatoes in a dry season to get the water. Cucumbers, too. Maybe it's certain textures. I'm trying to figure it out. No, the texture thing for me is oysters. You don't like oysters. I would rather you throw me off the balcony than to eat another oyster. And I've tried them because people are like, you never tried it. Yes, I have. I've tried it. I I watched it get shucked in front of me. The guy was shucking his brains out and just drops it right there. It's it's definitely not the top of the list for me. I have to put all kind of things on there, you know, with the – the hot sauce and every anything, because the last two times I've had it, my stomach got just tore up. And oh. I was like, maybe I got a bad dose of oysters because I sure didn't mind eating them. <laughs> so I can't eat no more. Oh, man. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't what did say I tell it's you about any kind of meat. I told you this years ago. What do you do before you eat? You smell the meat before you eat. You, <laughs> you, smell- did. you, you know that, Blaine. I tried to teach you all this stuff I attribute to you for I don't, football. I, don't think it was, I didn't think it was bad. But if they, all the things I said, Blaine taught me that. Oh, I learned that from no. Blaine. Blaine. And then the one thing, I've taught you one thing, and you're like, no, no that oyster one. stunk, and I still ate it. Well, then I thought I it was more sick. of a joke because I just laugh when you say, before you eat meat, smell your meat. No, <laughs> smell the meat before you eat. All right, Gary, Gary said, people are weighing in on this, as you would imagine. Gary says, I don't care for mango, simply because that center pit is so huge and tough to work around. I'll stick with peaches. I'm about to walk out, walk out of this. Darren says, I hate a yellow banana. I'll only eat if it's spotty. Oh, Cousin Danny says, jello and pudding are both garbage snacks. I could eat all the jello pudding that you put in front of me. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, you're stealing your son's snacks. <laughs> jello and oh, pudding. Oh, there's pudding in the house. He never sees it. I'm like, no, we don't have any. It's, we don't have any. And I have it, like, hidden. What's your favorite kind of pudding? You're going to say something crazy like butterscotch or no, something. No, I was going to say banana. Just something basic. No, chocolate. Chocolate. chocolate okay. Yeah. Okay. And then you put the Cool Whip on top of it. You put the... Yeah, put some of that on there, like oh, pudding in the cloud. I'm not a big pudding guy. I was growing up, but not now. I feel like just like it goes in, it comes out. <laughs> Speaking of that, Lonzo says, I'd I'd rather eat watermelon than cucumbers, and watermelon tastes like a nasty diaper. <laughs> oh, we got oh, Jordan to Johnny next, and uh, you can keep the food takes coming. We can even take calls in the last segment. If you're going to weigh in on this, your most controversial food take, hit us on Twitter or the Zone TV chat where there are many people <laughs> weighing in right now. Jordan to Johnny next to talk. Well, we'll talk NFL. We'll also ask him his most controversial food take. It's Blaine and Mickey.
Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. By the way, people are weighing in like crazy on their most controversial food take. Eric says mango tastes like the smell of sweaty, fermented clothes. Ooh. <laughs> Where do people come up with this stuff? Mm. Eric says spaghetti is overrated. Lucas actually joined the chat to say, what's wrong with all y'all? We asked Lucas, what's your most controversial food take? And he goes, I wouldn't know. I like everything. Yeah. That's controversial. Well, he says, you know, what did you say? Chocolate. Uh... He, he said, if I had to say one, chocolate ice cream's overrated. It is. Overrated. But if you it said chocolate gelato, like he'd be in there singing in Italian about how good it is. But, but there's nothing that I eat and I just can't, like, digest it, that I just well, it's can't beca- eat. Probably because you don't eat it. I can't think anything that I just like, oh, no, I yeah. can't have and I'm like, well, if I do, I don't, I don't eat it. I and don't and I'll try it everything is. once. Like, I might Me not too. love it, but I'm probably not going to really hate it. But I'll try everything once. doesn't matter what it is. And I think the last thing, I can't think of anything. I just don't like. All right. I, all right. I got one. Oh, okay. I'm going to tweet one. this out. Did, okay. Yeah. Chitlins. <laughs> I refuse <laughs> to eat something that smells that bad. I think you're not alone on that one, that dude. One. Lucas? I've never had chitlins. Oh, I've always wanted okay. to. I've always wanted to. Yeah, That's a no, southern I, staple. Yeah, I, I tasted them one time, and I thought I was going to not be here any longer. <laughs> Will Bowling in here says apple pie sucks, which is just apple an abhorrent opinion. That's blasphemous. Oh, my. <laughs> How do you not like apple? I don't even you know. You don't it. like fruit in your – is that what it is, Will? I hate hot fruit of any kind. So any kind of pie or cobbler, I can't do it. Okay, I'll tell you this. And we got Jordan and Johnny, and we'll we'll bring him in. Uh, Jordan and Johnny from CBS Sports NFL Reporter. I'll say this, and I've said this on the radio before. Any kind of cooked fruit, like cherry pie, the only only cooked fruit pie I can eat is apple because apples are fine to me if they've been cooked. Peach, cherry, anything like that. Blueberries, I don't like the cooked fruit because they're like bugs. They have the... Bugs, bugs. What's bugs? Boogers, <laughs> like boogers. It just feels like not that I've had a booger, you know. Oh, oh but we just, all know you did when like, you were younger. Well, sure, we all did. Just like mushy and gross. Yeah, that's but good protein, by the way. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no cobbler for you. But well, no, I'm gonna finish. But I like the crust, especially because I like burned food. Okay. So if you like really cook the crust, and I love the gelatinous muck that yeah, the that the that berries that. come in, like the colored like gelatinous muck. I love that. The muck and the crust, I'm all in on. You like the muck. The but gelatinous you don't like muck. watermelon. No. You say it tastes like wet dirt. Yeah, but, but gelatinous the muck, muck, the, muck doesn't taste like no, wet it's dirt. The, it's delicious. Oh, I love it too, but it's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what. I can't distinguish why that's a little bit of a difference. Gelatinous muck. Jordan Dijani joins us. Uh, save us from ourselves, Jordan. So what is your most controversial food take? I don't like watermelon, and I'm just getting killed yeah, for it. Yeah, I, I don't like chitlins. Although no one likes those. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, I do have a pretty hot take on this. And it's not one that I would bring up in normal conversation because I'm afraid that it may affect how you guys look at me and view me (laughs) as one of your best friends. Uh Here's my hot food take. I do not like cheese. The only cheese that I will eat is on a like a normal pizza. It's not going to be a six-cheese Tuscan blend thing or extra cheese on my pizza. I can't do it. And it's not because my body can't take cheese. It's because I don't like the cheesy taste, okay? I mean, do you guys even know how cheese is made, right? It's by, like, curdling milk. It's rotten milk. milk. Right. It's, it's, it's bringing in a starter culture of bacteria, which is added to convert the lactose into lactic <laughs> acid. So cheese lovers really like rotten milk for some reason, and I'm just totally against it. I'm not going to stand on my podium and yell at everyone because cheese is apparently one of the most popular foods, 
But for me, man, I can't do it. I don't like to take. Wait, 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 hold on. Let, let, let us, it goes a little deeper. So when you get a burger, you're no cheese. Nope, no cheese. Okay, when you get a pizza, you're no cheese. No, no ah! that's the one time. That's the one thing I can handle. But if you start getting crazy with the cheese, I can't do it, man. I can't handle it. This is blasphemous. Oh, my. Lucas <laughs> lost a bet and had to eat Swiss cheese like a pack a day for five days, and, I, he, and he gleefully ate yeah, it. So very good. He is, oh, Jordan, oh. you're losing friends right I, and left. Yeah, I, I think, day. Jordan, I think you just the thought of how cheese is made just really baffles you, and you just don't want to eat it. And so <laughs> maybe, then, but you eat it on pizza. See? That's the only, only way I can stomach yeah, it. Man. If you don't like something, you really don't like I would not put chitlins on anything or anything close to it is no can do. <laughs> That's a very fair point. Yeah, I think a lot of people would say no to chitlins. I think the controversial food take would be if you're like, I love those things. And I actually have never had it. I've just smelled them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, man, I, I went in at my, my mom's friend's house. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not having that. I try really hard to take a bite. And I was like, it. I just can't do it. My dad ate those things. Mm-mm, no. It's, it's a hard no for me. Uh, Jordan to Johnny, CBS Sports covering the NFL, joins us. Uh, starting with controversial food checks. By the way, you're you're getting killed in the zone chat right now. Mike Otto oh, says, sure. not former Titan, but this is another Michael Otto, this I would assume. says, no cheese, get this man off my planet. <laughs> so you're no longer welcome on planet Otto. I think there's Otto. days I may just eat a slice of cheese. Man, I can't b- imagine all the bacteria that's in my body now. Oh. <laughs> Look at he just said, oh. You get me, man? Uh, a slice you need, of cheese. You need the Maybe cheese my, curds, which are the bacteria that haven't even fully become cheese, cheese yet. though. Oh, that's better. Yeah. Does that I mean, make it any better? That you just aged in a barrel like in somebody's backyard. It's organic. No chemicals. No, we just let that oh, stuff man. do its own thing on its own. It aged It aged on its own free will. Jordan Deshani, I guess. Hey, uh, on your own free will, you got some bold projection articles coming out. You've done the Titans and the Washington football teams. Uh, what are your three bold projections or predictions for the Titans? Let's just start there. Yeah, so this article dropped this morning. I'm pretty excited about it. Number one actually has to do with quarterback Ryan Tannehill. My bold prediction is that he will finish top five in the NFL in touchdown passes. So last year he tied Deshaun Watson for seventh, I believe, a career-high 33 touchdowns. But Mm -hmm. my logic and the way I'm thinking about this is that obviously the addition of Julio Jones is going to bolster his passing attack or the Titans' passing attack in general. But I think the addition of Josh Reynolds is an underrated one as well. And it looks even better now that he doesn't have to be the clear-cut number two. He's somebody who can kind of surprise defenses and line up in different spots on the field because he brings that versatility over from the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I, we know there's a lot of considerable hype around the new tight end one, Anthony Furster as well. I think that he's a guy who could be, who could make an impact in the red zone. We know what AJ Brown brings to this passing attack. So Ryan Panhill was knocking on the door last year. And uh, with this uh, re-energized passing attack is what I called it. Uh, I think that he's going to break that top five when it comes to touchdown passes. The other one that I want to bring up is that, you know, when I've been on your show before, we've talked about the main weakness when it comes to the Titans is probably the, the secondary and more specifically the cornerback position. We got Jackrabbit Janoris Jenkins in free agency. He's a veteran that's a speedster. He's going to be a good piece, but there's a lot that's going to be on Christian Fulton and then the rookie, of course, Caleb Farley. So my bold prediction was that Christian Fulton was going to have a really big season and that Caleb Farley was going to be able to, one, make sure that he stays healthy for the entire season, and two, he's going to make an immediate impact as well. So 
my bold prediction was that maybe Tennessee's glaring weakness might not be as bad as some anticipate. Jordan DeJohnny, CBS Sports, joining us here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, I'm going to ask them a broader question because I, I, I'm pretty sure the Titans are in the mix just wondering where. Because I'm starting to look at the AFC and outside of the Chiefs, who are the teams? I mean, it seems like it's a laundry list. I think you could, all of them are somewhat jumbled together. It's going to be in the mix to compete with the, the Chiefs if they stay healthy for the AFC championship. Right. So the third prediction I had was that the Titans make it back to the AFC title game. Now, if I wanted to get really bold with it, I could say, you know, the Titans go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. But I couldn't bring myself to do it because I like the Kansas City Chiefs more than the Tennessee Titans at this juncture. Now, the teams that are going to be competing with the Titans when it comes to AFC glory are going to be, of course, the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen just signed his huge extension. He's, you know, he's secured for the future. Um, I like the wide receiving core he has. The offensive line is solid. Hopefully the running backs take a step up. But I also like their defense. It's weird that that defense took a step back last year, but they spent a first-round pick trying to beef up that pass rush. I think that's going to be important for them. Hopefully the secondary comes together as well. The Buffalo Bills are going to be a team to keep an eye on moving forward in 2021. The other one, and this is funny I'm saying this because I've been a huge detractor of this franchise, but – very intrigued by the Cleveland Browns because I think on both sides of the ball, they're set up well, at least on paper, to be somewhat of a Super Bowl contender. But there's a lot of question marks, and the, the first and foremost that will come to mind has to be quarterback Baker Mayfield because he's got a great offensive line, a talented wide receiving core, a dynamic duo at running back, and two good tight ends. Baker Mayfield just needs to find a way to put it all together. And we already know the defense is going to be much improved in 2020. So the Cleveland Browns on paper seem like they're going to be one of those major contenders in the AFC. Mm. Well, I know with uh, Jordan DeJohnny, CBS NFL writer, and I guess we've heard a lot about some of these rookie quarterbacks. Trey Lance, he's doing a great job, may eventually be the starter. Uh, you know, Fields is kind of pushing – uh, Dalton, but man, I haven't heard a lot about Zach Wilson. What's going on with him there in the New York? Because all we hear about it is, is the guys uh, fighting in practice, nothing about the, the quarterback, which is odd. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. And we haven't heard a lot about Zach Wilson. And it's not necessarily because he's going through a quarterback battle because he's obviously not. But he hasn't had, um, he hasn't been able to string together good practices over the past few weeks. In fact, his first performance, I think it was called the green and white practice that the Jets held on Saturday night, was pretty much a dud. I mean, in front of nearly 20,000 fans, he completed 11 of 24 passes for 112 yards. He threw two interceptions and scored just three points in seven possessions against the first-team defense. Now, of course, this is not a reason to press the panic button just yet. We know that Zach Wilson has talent. It, might, it just might take some time to adjust to the NFL level, and he's going to reach another milestone next Saturday when the Jets have their first preseason game against the Giants. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't want to be someone who looks too much into these training camp and practices because players have good ones and bad ones, and you don't want to try to jump to conclusions. But Zach Wilson hasn't been very good just as of late. So I think everyone's going to have eyes on that first preseason game. Well, standing in New York, the Giants have had three players retire in training camp. I don't know if that's a record or not, but, uh, man, is uh, – Joe Judge kind of run, running the uh, the uh, the Giants like uh, trying to run people out of there to see who actually wants to be a part of his program, if you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I think he is, including our boy uh, Zach Bolton, former ball recently retired. I think he was the third and final guy. 
But yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, I've said that I kind of like what Joe Judge is doing because it's different. And the other part of it is that the players who really backed Joe Judge, such as quarterback Daniel Jones and uh, wide receiver Sterling Shepard, they're really bought into this, right? Like they're, they're all about this kind of old school mentality because Joe Judge is trying to foster a culture of success. And that's a lot harder to do, you know, than just, uh, than just a, a new head coach coming in and being able to get the most out of his talent. You're going to have to kind of set the, set the bar when it comes to expectations of your players. And that goes from your quarterback down to your third string offensive tackle. So that's what Joe Judge is trying to do. He definitely is seemingly approaching a record when it comes to forcing veterans to retire because they, they can't keep in shape and can't run all these wind sprints and push-ups that Joe Judge is making them do. But, yeah, man, it's, it's been a very interesting storyline to follow. No doubt about it. And some guys that we followed their careers throughout, a lot of guys that I played with or against, man, what were your thoughts of the NFL Hall of Fame induction uh, and the speeches as well? Uh, just kind of give us your overview of what stood out. Yeah, man, I, I love it. I, I love it. It's always, it's always really emotional. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening is a big NFL fan, and it's great seeing those players that you looked up to or, or even your father looked up to get inducted and be able to step up to the podium in Canton and, and expound upon what they were able to bring to the game that everybody loves. I always love it, man. So the first thing that really stood out to me was the length of the speeches. Obviously, it was cut down because of the high volume of people going in from the 2020 class and then obviously the 2021 class. I think I like the idea of cutting down the speeches because I don't want them lasting 35 minutes like Ray Lewis did and Tony Gonzalez. But at the same time, I think 10 minutes is probably too short. So maybe we should spread that up to like 20 minutes or something like that, because I'm sure everyone wanted to hear Peyton Manning really go step-by-step through his football career and talk about, you know, people who affected him and made him the man he is and the player he was. So, I mean, Peyton Manning is probably the highlight to me when he stepped up to the podium. He speaks so eloquently, and I think Adam Schefter even tweeted that, you know, he sounds like he could be a future NFL commissioner, so don't rule that out. But, But what really stood out to me also was, him talking about furthering the game of football. I thought that was very cool because when we think about it, the the game of football itself is, is, I don't want to say under attack. That's probably too severe, but I mean, it's definitely gone through its fair share of adversities in the, in the, in the recent past, right? I mean, we had a pandemic that threatened the, the college football season, the NFL football season, definitely threatened the high school seasons of those players who are trying to be up and coming guys who are trying to secure scholarships. We had obviously safety is still an issue that we all discuss and, we're changing rules to make the game safer, although it may be less entertaining. Peyton Manning, when he got up to the podium and started waxing poetic about the game of football and how, how much it meant to him, and then also that he wants to be a proponent in furthering the game itself, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're on with uh, Jordan Dijani, uh, CBS NFL writer. So, Jordan, this deal with Carson Wentz and with Quentin Nelson – so today, Chris Mortensen, I think, was the guy that I saw with it first, basically said they're probably going to be back for week one. How did we go from five to 12 weeks to, yeah, they're just walking around without a cast or anything. Everything's fine. What's the latest with – because Titans fans don't want that to happen. They need him to miss through you know, at least week four so that week three they could play the Titans with one of those other dudes. Yeah, that's a great question. And it was definitely Mortensen who had it first. It's a pretty interesting development because – especially considering Carson Wentz and his injury history. You know, he's definitely had things that have lingered and have hurt him even when he's returned to the starting lineup. So that's good for Colts fans. But at the same time, I mean, 
this, I think, I think it's always been in the same uh, recovery timetable in terms of five to 12 weeks. It, it always was possible that Carson Wentz could be cleared by game week and return for the week one matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I still don't think that happens. Listening to Frank Reich speak, it almost sounded more like Carson Wentz could come back in week two or week three. It would be pretty incredible if he was ready to suit up for the season opener. So uh, this development was definitely something when it comes to, you know, the Colts fans and obviously them starting off the season on the right foot. Uh, I didn't mean to say foot. That was a bad joke. But uh, it's obviously, you know, it's obviously a really good thing for Colts fans. It's going to be something that we're going to continue to monitor as the preseason moves forward. But I would anticipate just at this juncture that Carson Wentz is probably not out there in week one. What's going on with Deshaun Watson? Because he was out there doing individual stuff at the beginning, and then as soon as they started to do more team stuff or put on pads, then you know he would just stretch and go in, and then he had a mysterious health problem, and he held tackling dummies and stuff. It, what a distraction that this is. And until something gets resolved one way or another, it's just going to keep being a huge distraction. Right. You're 100% right about that, which is why, you know, I don't even, I guess you could make it less of a distraction by just putting him on paid vacation and making him sit home while he figures out all the stuff that's going on off the field. But I mean, no, there's no real new developments, I feel like, over the past couple of weeks. Like, we're, we're all trying to figure out if there's even a possibility if, if a team would make a move to acquire him. And you and I talked about this last week because we both think that it would be a ridiculous move. Like you said, there would be protests outside the stadium if the Eagles or the Dolphins went out there and traded for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. There's so much that has to happen for him to be fully cleared just in terms of ready to return to the field. And then the NFL is going to have to release the findings of their own investigation, which it will likely come a suspension. I don't know how long that suspension might be. But, yeah, I mean, whether he's there or not, it just sounds like he's a huge distraction when it comes to the Houston Texans, who are facing a major rebuild, trying to gear up for the season with a first-year head coach. They don't have a talented roster. Just not a good thing that's going on, going on down in Houston right now. Jordan Dejani, our guest here on Blaine and Mickey, talking all things NFL. <clears throat> well, since we're talking about what's going on with players, there's been a lot of conversation about Michael Thomas, and then he kind of tweeted out a passive aggressive, you know, them talking to, you know, trying to ruin his reputation, I guess. I don't know. I know he's injured right now. Do you think there's a possibility here in the next five weeks or so that uh, he could be on the trade block? Yeah, so what a wild situation, right? It just goes from bad to worse for the Saints. And, and like you said, uh, Michael Thomas implied that the Saints are trying to damage his reputation. I think that obviously directly refers to the report saying that he has ignored calls from the team and his trainer for months, saying that he's been aloof and that he's been distant. Maybe Michael Thomas would like to refute that report. But also, I mean, Sean Payton, head coach, he's voiced his displeasure with Michael Thomas's delay in surgery since he waited until June to get another procedure completed on his ankle, which is going to push his recovery timetable into the regular season, which has got to be absolutely infuriating if you're on the front office of the Saints and this is something that was avoidable with arguably your best player. So in terms of him being traded, it sounds like there's so many people nationally that expect this to happen, almost as if there's a 90% chance that Michael Thomas is going to be shipped off to a new team. I'm not there yet. I think that we need to see this, this story develop more. I'm not, I'm not in the camp saying that Michael Thomas is 100% on the trade block, that he's definitely looking for a change of scenery, that he's going to be playing for a new team in 2021. It could happen, but I don't think we've seen this story develop enough to make me feel that way. Mm. 
Man, no doubt about it. We're on with Jordan Johnny, CBS uh, NFL writer. I guess lastly, you know, we talked about a little bit about Josh Allen's extension there. You mentioned it. But uh, who, who's going to break the ice uh, next, uh, Mayfield, Jackson? What's, what's the numbers going to be, man? Are we, we going to see a $50 million quarterback at some point, man? Aaron Rodgers next year, baby? <laughs> yeah, we, we probably will. And we're going to in the near future, no doubt about it. But, man, when it comes to who's going to break the ice next, uh, that's, that's total guesswork. But if I'm giving you my opinion, I think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. I think that Lamar Jackson could be next up because – I mean, there's no doubt that any that both Baker and Lamar are going to sign their extensions. But I think Lamar Jackson, I, I feel like, I mean, I don't have any reports to go off of with this, but I feel like he's had some time to really negotiate this deal, especially with him being off the field for the past couple of weeks, uh, dealing with COVID. He's negotiating his own deal as well. I don't know if that's going to be something that hinders the progress of the prospective contract or helps it along. It really could be either. I'm not sure. I'm kind of fascinated to see how that plays out. But you know, with Josh Allen, his AAV, uh, it's $150 million guaranteed. I think it's like $100 million guaranteed at signing or something ridiculous. Both of those set records. Oof. His $43 million per year comes in at number two behind Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs, and it comes just above the $40 million that Dak Prescott's going to average with his new deal. So it's hard to imagine, you know, let's say Baker Mayfield signs his deal next, that he's going to make 44 or $45 million per year, especially if he's signing that deal before the season starts. It's kind of hard for me to imagine, and I'm also interested to see what the contract length is going to be. Um, but with Lamar Jackson, man, you know, we've talked about this extension on the show before, and I'm curious to see how his shakes out because Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, you know, have been more effective when it comes to throwing the ball down the field than Lamar Jackson. And it's not necessarily Jackson's fault, right? He hasn't had a good wide receiving core to work with. Hopefully that changes here in 2021. So I'm kind of curious if the Ravens either front load the deal, if it's for a shorter amount of time, what do they do for Lamar Jackson? So I think Lamar Jackson is my guess for the next guy who's going to break the ice, but I'm sure everyone's going to have their eyes on this situation. Jordan, good stuff, man, and we'll send you out. And I saw this on social media a couple days ago. I I, I know your your four legged friend. Uh, you had to say goodbye to to your pup, man, and uh, we know that's tough. And Blaine and I were talking about that earlier this week. So just uh, know we're thinking about you, man. And dogs are man's best friend. So uh, we're we're in your corner, man. We're thinking about you. It's hard to say goodbye to your to your four legged friends. Oh man, I really appreciate that, guys. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you know the highs in life aren't as good if you don't have the lows to put things in perspective. So she had a good life. She was like 14 years old. His family dog. Always a tough time, but appreciate you guys having me on the show. I'm looking forward to it every Wednesday. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. Actually, next Wednesday. See you, Jordan, at Jordan Dejani. He does have article up about the Titans and then just everything NFL related. You just follow him at Jordan Dejani. You can get all of it. We come back. We'll wrap things up. The Tennessee quarterback race, University of Tennessee, is down from four to three. We'll share that with you and uh, more of your controversial food takes before we say goodbye. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. This is funny, Lucas. I was having a talk with somebody the other day, and I said there's a handful of songs I never get tired of, and this is one of those songs. Round and Round by Rap. Your Love by the Outfield. There's a handful of songs. Like 80s songs I never get tired of. Mm. This is one of them. Songs I never get tired of. You could play it over and over. I never get tired of it. Uh, there are foods that many of you don't like. And we 
ask you this. <laughs> share your most controversial food take with us. And there were people weighing in on strawberries and mango and oysters and all kinds of things. Lucas said he likes everything. Do you ever get the feeling Lucas is just like trying to win over the whole audience? Like, oh, no, I like everything. Well, well you know, he's been to so many different uh, parts of the country. He, he's tasted uh, a lot of different foods. So I, I'm not surprised at all. Okay. Yeah. We do think he's burning the candle at both ends a little too much, though, right? We agree there. He needs to he needs to take better care of himself, not commit to everything. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Always say yes. <laughs> and, and before we get started, uh, update, Nolansville has had a big comeback. They were down 3-0 in the bottom of the second or third. Now it's the top of the fifth. Bases loaded, two outs. They are now up 8-3, to three, two outs, bases loaded. I don't know who's up to bat there, though, uh, Lucas. He's a lefty. I got nothing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Nolan, Nolan Brown. Brown. There you go. <laughs> Downtown Those Nolan basemen. Brown. Bryce Harper's his favorite player. <clears throat> lefty. Boom. Oh, oh, he got up hit the up middle. the middle. They clear the bases. No, I'm just kidding. They definitely scored. Oh, they did clear the bases. That rascal scored a pair. Yeah, he knocked in two. two. Ten, Ten to, to three. three. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They showing the families. Oh man, I think some people uh, may have saw their uh, mother on TV or, or father. Yeah, you you be texting your friends when you see them on TV again. Nolensville was down, as Blaine said, down three to nothing. They chased the starting pitcher, and they've been after this poor rascal who came in next. They've been shelling this poor dude. All this is going down right now. So uh, congrats, congrats to them to making it and and to not get their heads down and just keep fighting because it oh, could have yeah. been worse than three to nothing. Mm-hmm. They battled their way just to keep that score. And they have opened a can uh, there. Uh, Brian Maurer has has closed a can. And what? What that, did he do? That can is his UT career quarterback, it looks like. No. A lot of people reporting today, not at practice. He dropped to fourth on the death chart. And he's a social media guy. Like, he posts stuff on social media and fans who follow him, you know, they'll. Did he post that he is no longer, or he's in the, he's in the TP? Did he post that? This is what he posted, and he later deleted most of it. Uh-oh. He said, this is what he posted on social media apparently a few days ago, but then he amended it. He posted, they took my dream after four days. That's okay because I'm a soldier. Hashtag 18 out. He later edited it to just, I'm a soldier. Well, I mean, 18 out, he could have been like, I'm, I'm done talking about it. Yeah. I mean, he's out. He is out. Well, when he should have been out was right when they signed Joe Milton. Every quarterback there should have been an aha moment. Well, now this has happened with him before. There's been like cryptic social posts from Brian Maurer before reports of him transferring, and then it never materialized. It wouldn't surprise anybody, but it has happened before, and he did not transfer the first time. Well, I, I, I said I'm going beyond that. I said this when Joe Milton was signed, yep. that all quarterbacks should be on alert because, or you should be actually uh, figuring out where you may go. There's a reason why they brought him in. It's almost impossible for him not to be the starter. At the time that they signed him, he didn't do any spring. He's just learned a playbook, and he's already in the rotation. It tells you what they thought when they signed him. Don't have your eyes closed and believe the BS that they tell you. Oh, you're still going to be able to compete for the job. Well, Why did you then sign a quarterback when we already have four on the roster? That's what you should have responded to if you got that kind of answer. And that means that they didn't like the guys on their roster as far as a quarterback. They didn't see a guy that they said, you know what? He's our dude. Mm -mm. Yeah. Joe Milton's going to be the dude unless he just blows it up and fails. Just craps the bed, as they say. (laughs) He's got to be. They they, They signed him. 
Yeah. So Maurer or anybody else, everybody who's on the Harrison Bailey bandwagon, he, he's not. They already, it's pretty much going to be Milton, Hooker, and Bailey. That, that's kind of how it's looking. Yep. Yep. Just so uh, Maurer probably feels like he wasted three years. That he played as a freshman, by the way. He did. Started. It started. All right. The He's Eagles. a heck of an athlete, too. The Eagles means that we got to go, just like Maurer. Time for us to uh, <laughs> move on to the next thing. <laughs> it's Wednesday 3. HL's coming up next. Uh, tomorrow, Coach Matthews will be on with us. Doug Matthews will ask him all about Doug what's e going fresh. on up there. Doug mm-hmm. E. Fresh. Have a yeah. great night, everybody. And since Maurer's out, Blaine and Mickey is out. Peace.